You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. This year, love looks a little different. We're still gathering. We're just doing it virtually. And we're still connecting. We're just doing it safely. So whether it's lighting candles over FaceTime, family dinner through Zoom, or opening gifts virtually, traditions can keep us close, even when we can't be together. Stay safe. Stay connected. Think big and plan small this holiday season. Let's save lives, Columbus. Welcome, everybody, to the Juice Pro Wrestling. No, we're going to cut that. God damn it, Sren, you already fucked me up. Welcome, everybody, to Juice Pro Wrestling, episode 104, Mondo Lucha. With Threaten and the Juice, today is a very special guest. This man is the creator behind Mondo Lucha, one of Milwaukee, well, Milwaukee's premier promotion, um, one of the Midwest's premier wrestling promotions. Uh, and not only do they feature Mexican Lucha Libre wrestling and many talents that you guys have seen, top talents, I might add, from the independent scene, uh, they also feature magicians, musical acts, uh, burlesque acts. Um, they, they have it all. It's, it's a fucking party, and it's something that you guys need to check out. And here to let everybody know about Mondo Lucha today is Jay Gilke. What's going on, Jay? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you, brother. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. No, glad to be here, actually. Let me, uh, uh, I'll start off right off the bat uh, and say we haven't had uh, a magician on our show in about 11 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, magic. Fine. that's uh, fucking magic. magic. The, the last magician, disappearing act. Right, right. The last magician we had on uh, got his ass kicked, so that was pretty fun. So, uh, but yeah, but that was a, that was a long time ago. But uh, definitely, um, yeah, it's the little bit of everything. So we try to cram it all in there. So it's good. Yeah. I like it. Forced entry, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you guys, I mean, like you know, like I said, you guys are like an amalgam of just all kinds of entertaining things. Uh, what uh you guys been going now for how long 11 years uh yeah this would have been this would have been 12 at this point we'll see we'll see if the september show and our other stuff we have lined up happens this year with the uh uh covid stuff going on um so yeah about uh i'd say 11 11 and a half 12 years ago uh, my friend andy and i went to an indie show and um it was it wasn't great i, I mean it's it was like the late 2000s like 2000 aughts like yeah so 2007 ish about and uh oh, yeah. um we Rough just time. yeah well we were thinking about it and when we were doing when we were thinking about starting this up and it's like you know it's one thing to say like hey let's do something for wrestling fans but like i have a lot of friends who watched wrestling a very long time ago and they had no idea what was going on in indie wrestling they weren't aware of anything you know they stopped watching it when they went to high school and 
started dating and all that. So they kind of, they were out of it. Um, and we said, well, what could, how could we do a wrestling show that would appeal to our friends as opposed to an actual wrestling crowd? That was like, our business model was how do we bring in people who remember how much they loved wrestling and bring it back, you know, and bring them back into it. Because um, even nowadays it's hard if you're a wrestling or if you're a wrestling fan, like I like all wrestling. I don't beg on anything. I like big feds, small feds, all that stuff. But it's like, it's so niche and so many people are willing to kind of infight each other about like, well, this one's better than that. It's like, can't we just love it all? Love the product yeah. and love like the lineage and the history of it all. So, um, Lord knows I try. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's like, it's as a wrestling fan now, sometimes you see, and I hate using the terms, but like you have like the real smart Mark people that are almost kind of like comic book store guy from the Simpsons where it's, <laughs> uh, well, actually, you know, it's like, uh, I, like that just, it's not fun. It to me, it's not fun. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. so we always wanted to bring our friends back in and we wanted to bring people back into it that remember what it was like in the grandeur and the expectation of like craziness and wildness and wild characters. And that's where it all stemmed from. Um, you know, and, uh, not to go, I've never actually really told it, but like to start it, roller derby was huge back in, I mean, it's still big now, but it, it, I thought it was really big in like between 2003 2015 or so like roller derby was really big in Milwaukee and still there now. But, um, we tapped into the roller derby crowd because that was a perfect group of they were punk rock craziness, gritty. We're like, let's totally like, yeah, we were going to the derby. We're like, let's, why, why not do something and incorporate them? So we actually incorporated the roller derby girls into our first couple shows, you know, had some guys train them a little bit so they could get in the ring and like that, you know, brought that crowd over and cross it over. And then, looking for different bands, punk rock bands, or looking for like the uh, uh, first couple years, we just really varied it up. I and mean, we've had every style of music you can think involved with the show, just trying to constantly change that product, you know, and make it something that it was just more of an event, more of a happening than like an actual, like quote unquote wrestling show. So, well, it's a, it, to me, it's like the modern day. It's, it's, um, you know, like I love how you're saying you're trying to essentially make wrestling fun again for those jaded fans that were out there, much like us, Sren, when we started this podcast, he hadn't watched wrestling or even fucked with it since probably WCW, NWO, sure, era, you know? Yeah. Um, 20 years. And then we got hooked up doing the podcasting gig. And I was like, man, dude, like there's so much cool shit going on with these indie feds. Um, and I didn't even really address them as indie fans. I'm like, to me, it's just like it's federations, you know, like wrestling right. promotions. And I was like, dude, there's so much stuff. And we got started right before AEW kicked off. You know, I'd say like, what, maybe six, seven months before that became official. And there was all this buzz and this hype. And, you know, everybody out there that wasn't in uh, WWE, um, like Impact or, you know, MLW or whatever, said all this talent was huge. I'd never seen a quote unquote like indie pool as stacked with this amount of talent as we see now. And I'm right. like, dude, the stuff they're doing with guys like, you know, that you're familiar with, uh, like Joey Ryan and Dan Housen, um, it's just amazingly entertaining. Right. And it's, it's bringing the fun back, you know, to the sport of professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, cause you have your people who like, they like some of the, and I'm much like you. I like it all. I like your deathmatch shit, silly shit. Um, you know, the, the actual sport of pro wrestling. It's just something that I've, been attached to since i was a little kid uh right so no i agree with you yeah it's it is and it's just, that's there's something to be said about 
I, I mean, just every aspect of it. And if right. you can get them to fit perfectly on a show, or if you can do a, a show and have everything included in it, I think it, you know, you've got a good, a good soup right there. You know, it's a good meal for everything. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. And from everything I've seen online, what you guys put on, it's just like the spectacular, you know, this wrestling bazaar, if you will, if you will. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just amazing. And uh, just from seeing those pictures, you know, I got those vibes. And you guys, like Sretton said before we uh, start recording, you guys were very much on our radar. Um, and it sucks because all this, because, you know, obviously right now nobody's right. doing but, uh, you know, we've been able to feature doing this show a lot of promotions, um, not just in the Midwest, like uh, Freelance and Warrior Wrestling, which I know you you guys have had Matt Nix up there. He's a good right. friend. Right. No, absolutely. Great, great dude. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, other promotions um, out on the West Coast, like PCW Ultra and uh, Joseph Samael, you know, yeah. uh, it, it's it's amazing. And when all these people work together and they share the talent, it's like to me. I was in, I never stopped watching wrestling, you know, like going into like the John Cena era right after the WCW ECW buyout when it just, it kind of got really bad for a sure. while. Um, I would watch it, but I was, I would kick myself every time because it's like I'd have friends. It was, it was like one day you had a bunch of buddies sitting there with you like, oh yeah, it's fucking Monday night. And then, and then the, it's like dust bunnies and shit. Creep right. No, I agree. No. And that was, uh, I spent, uh, majority of like the mid nineties, like me and like two other guys were mm. into wrestling. It's like, we had discovered ECW and oh yeah, um, we even tried training. Uh, we got into training a little bit back in the day and met a bunch of the guys. So um, just like the local guys that is. And uh, then we were like, it's more fun to be in a band. So <laughs> like, it really honestly was. So we're like, ah, fuck it. We're just going to go and uh, we're going to be in a band instead, but you know, we had a, had a couple matches and got trained for a little bit, but it was nothing. We don't, we, I don't claim to have like some long history of wrestling. I was just like a lifelong fan. Yeah. Um, the thing that I will say too, that's very interesting. Like, I think it's interesting about us is that, so from the very get go, um, we were essentially at, at the beginning, we were very much outsiders to everybody because, you know, here come these two fans that just want to be, like, hey, we want to do this thing. And we had this idea, like this, uh, how we want to do it. We had seen Lucha Vavum in California. Yeah. And, you know, we're like, well, that's awesome. If we can take a part of that and we can change it and make it our, like, how do we make make it our own? And what do we do to make it our own? But, um, you know, for many years, the stigma on us up here in Milwaukee was like, these aren't wrestling guys. These aren't wrestling guys. But, you know, now we're, I mean, 10 or 11, we have done 11 years worth of, of shows and not only just our big show at Turner Hall, we're doing, you know, other stuff around the city, of course. And, you know, we run maybe four times a year at like varied levels of the, our September show at Turner Hall is always our big, you know, 900 people sell out show. You know, well, did you guys, uh, I saw online, not to interrupt you, but uh, sure. you guys had some by the mayor from the city, right? Yeah, we got uh, on our 10th anniversary, the city uh, named it Mondo Lucha Day in Milwaukee. Oh, come on, so, man. That's fucking success. But that's, but that's what I'm So, like, we, we've always geared it. Like, th- there's the old f- phrase, like, when you're running a race, don't look to your side or don't look behind you. Cause you're just going to slow yourself down. So we always stayed in our lane and yeah. people would shit on us and people would be like, they're not really wrestling. That's fine. Like you could say what you want, but like at this point now it's like our track record kind of proves that we were successful in our, like what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's, if we would have listened to what every 
uh, local indie promoter told us and a lot of the indie guys, like we would have been shut down a super long time ago. (laughs) But we always just kind of kept a level business head about things. And we just kind of kept straight ahead. Um, You know, my my business partner, Andy, him and I are the the co-owners. And like, we both just sit down and, you know, we, we spend so much time thinking about what, like how to, how to present our product um, so that it looks professional, which is like the biggest thing. And which is one of my things I struggle with. And like, we never want to fall into the trap of having the human pyramid poster. Like I always call it the pyramid of guys, like every indie wrestling promotion posters is a bunch of guys without shirts on. And it's stacked (laughs) up to the top with one guy in the middle. Like, you know, like that's cool. I get it. Like, cause you're advertising your people and you know, and who's on the show, but like, we just, everything we do will never be, that like we just want like we just try to do that make it something that different and then again appeal to that crowd outside of wrestling and just make it that something like a night out um one of the big ones people always talk about with our show is that's great is if you're a wrestling fan and you come uh we definitely try to stack with as many great performers as possible but for those that aren't real wrestling fans and they're there and they haven't really seen a wrestling ring in person especially that close up and right. close the first bump, whether it's a shoulder tackle, backdrop, whatever, that crowd goes, oh, <laughs> they're just not used to seeing that. Yeah. The first guy that comes to the ring and flips over the top rope, they're, oh, my God, what was that? Because they're just not used to it. And you get the fans, like the the typical wrestling fans, they're kind of jaded, and it takes a lot for them to pop and for them to get it. And but we always feel like we've won that crowd over. I feel like we've definitely crossed that bridge now where we have a lot of wrestling fans that want to come to the show and are coming to the show. And now it's like 50, 50 where when it first began, it was like 80 to 85% not wrestling fans, 15% wrestling fans. And it's actually really melded together now where we're, you know, it's like, it's, it's this great pot of people just enjoying it for what it is. And that's entertainment, you know, at the end of the day. So, yeah, yeah. It's a good culture, man. Like I said, you guys, uh, you emit that vibe just from, you know, if someone's researching and uh, going to Mondalucha.com or following them on Facebook or Instagram, um, you got it through your pictures and your videos. And and this is something else I do. I have to kudos to these fucking toy videos, these action figure oh, yeah. videos. Dude, those are so awesome and entertaining with the, the little cheap, you know, dollar right, general right. fucking uh, action figures of your guys' talent. And it's with the kids and everything it's like throwback kind of stuff it doesn't take itself too seriously it's super entertaining super fun man uh, and i think you know for people out there watching it, and i'm one of those people that sees that and it's just like wow you know i it and it looks totally professional it's it's great you know like right. it, it just amazes me it's like man these guys know how to have fun you know right. like and, well, and, a good, and I'll say we have a good crew around us. So like mm-hmm. Andy uh, is uh, he works in the ad agency or okay. in an ad agency in Milwaukee. So they do a lot of national contracts. Uh, and through we have a lot of our production staff, our guys that I mean, a lot of the commercials you see on TV now, our guys work on those. So nice. that's how we're able to get. The, I mean, the, like we just try to keep like the top notch when it comes to production. And so again, you want to keep everything to look uniform. And, uh, we've always prided ourselves too in operating in a world that's outside of everybody else's world. Like we're just like our own world. We are like the commercials, right? Like in some weird world, those <laughs> toys exist, you yeah, know, yeah. And, uh, they're a thing, but and, and, and it's funny <laughs> because, but, and then people, the other one that's great is we love blurring the line in the sense that like, we've had people come up and be like, Hey, are those, 
where can we buy those toys? Yeah. Like, oh told. yeah, man. Uh, super limited edition sold out. Um, <laughs> but then, but that's where the line gets blurred because last year we released a beer. We had a local brewery put out Mondo Lucha beer. Yes. Um, in years previous, we've had a coloring book uh, put out here in Milwaukee. And like, we always kind of find these like weird way of doing things. So it's like, would it be really that off for us to have action figures, like some crazy, weird, you know, one-offs? No, not really. So people just are like, they don't know what to believe, what's real, what's not. And yeah, it's just kind of fun. It's fun to be able to do stuff like that. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, it's good time, man. They're good vibes. Uh, I, I was laughing my ass off when I saw those, I saw the second video and, and then I had to go back and watch the first one. I was like, man, there's another one of these. I wish there was like a series on it. It's like, uh, can we just do the match? It's like, yeah, Timmy, you can do the match, but uh, <laughs> have this like Death Rider or whatever, this giant machine coming in with, you know, um, it, it's just great stuff, man. So, you know, cheers to you guys for doing that because that's super cool. Um, we were up in Racine with a shout out to another one of our confidants, uh, Bruiser Bodie. He's up there um, in Racine and we went and recorded an episode around Christmas time. And uh, when we're driving up there, me and Sred, and I was like, man, I was trying to look and see where I could, I wanted that Mondo Lucha beer. I mean, another one of your guys' talent that uh, comes around here frequently is a uh, space monkey. Yeah. Right. Another, another friend in the show, uh, him and Shane Saber. Um, and I was like, man, I got to get that Mondo Lucha beer. Cause I wanted to do a series where we, uh, wrestling and alcohol you know you have dwayne johnson now aka the rock who's releasing his own line of uh, badass tequila you have stone cold who's got his own ipa out that's and right. all this other you know uh chavo guerrero's got a beer out so i i had this idea where i wanted to do kind of like a wrestler beer review and uh man did i want those so bad and i couldn't get them anywhere yeah <laughs> it, uh, it was it was a fairly limited run i think even the we sold out I mean, the one venue sold out the week before the show that had it, that um, mm. the actual, cause it's like a small microbrewery here that did their run, right. but then having them at the venue itself was cool. And one of the, like, and this is like, this speaks to the brilliance of Andy, my partner on all this on the side of the beer can was a Snapchat logo thing. I don't know. I don't do Snapchat, so I don't, but you know, whatever that ghost looking thing was, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got and so if you took your phone and you did what took a picture of it or whatever it would be, you could get the image. So if it would say you had the space monkey can, if you did that Snapchat, you could get a filter of space monkeys mask over your face. So that's we, awesome. That, so we dude, had that, that for is- all of them. Yeah. For all the different wrestlers. So it featured space monkey, um, Eric cannon, yep. rough crossing, one of our local red Goldstein, um, our champion, the Russian, uh, and then, um, uh, airwolf. So out of yep. Minnesota. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was, it was a neat opportunity. Luckily we'll do something like that again, but every year it's that, how can we cross promote? What's the thing we can do that nobody else has done, especially locally. And how can we take it and capitalize on it? And that's so awesome, especially for us in the small business sense. And that's something that me and Sretton have talked about with, with this show and that we've tried to do. Um, you know, we're, we were trying to – we had – before all this shit started to happen, we had uh, – we were going to cut episode 100 at Three Floyds um, out here in Munster. And, oh, yeah. You know, you know, if you're familiar with them, you know you know what's up with Three Floyds. Uh, you know, they asked us to come do episode 100 there. And uh, we were going to, Matt Nix was going to be there, Steve from Warrior Wrestling. It was going to be like this huge celebration. And, uh, you know, unfortunately got cut short. But um, 
we've always talked about how how can we do something like that, you know, to incorporate small business. And it's it's all about, you know, one hand washes the other. Right. Like, uh, and, and helping each other out. And that's why I love being able to feature guys like you and Steve and, you know, Matt Nix and uh, Mikey from Black Label. Um, because it just it, it benefits everybody. And it's right cool. I, you know, we get to meet fucking cool people. We get to share your story. And uh, like your guys's brand to me is um, like you brought up Lucha Vavoom. And it's uh, I totally see a hint of them, what they did and what your guys are doing, you know, and except we got it out in the Midwest, which is cool because right. I don't have to fight. You know, you guys are a lot closer than California. Right. And how, and to make it and to change it uh, enough so that it's different or that we offer something, you know, a little bit different than what they do. You know, we try to, you know, we, we never wanted it to be a copy like oh like here with like we're just doing burlesque and wrestling and to be honest too like over the years our product has changed so much because you know when we started and we were coming up with oh mondo lucha is kind of a it's a fun name and it's like kind of weird and it's like because we didn't want again if you're trying to attract people that aren't wrestling fans you want to name it if it would have been called something like crazy wrestling or whatever would have been like (laughs) or whatever we would have decided to do it wouldn't for us it wouldn't have worked um, in Milwaukee, I just think it's like that because it would have had because we still get the stigma sometimes like Ugh, wrestling, you know, so when someone says, oh, Mondo Lucha, they're like, well, what's that? And so like at the beginning, we were like, oh, like trying to do Lucha Libre masked wrestling. And then after a while, we're like, you know what? Like, we're not real. We're not Lucha Libre. We're not trying to pretend to be Lucha Libre. We're just like. And so when you look at the words Mondo and Lucha, it's like Mondo means world and lucha you know fighting so where i was like world wrestling or world fighting or whatever you know however you would have it so like we've cultivated the brand now where it's not even we're not trying to be or we don't claim to be lucha it's just that word that's as things change other things stay the same like ohio lottery scratch-offs from small tickets to big tickets from bright colors to flashy themes there's something for everyone big wins make big stories but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories and your biggest win will come by following the state recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season lottery players are subject to ohio laws and commission regulations please play responsibly Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important in our title at this point um but we still feature a lot of masked wrestlers uh to to that but it's never going you know it's like just trying to find again that edge that's something different that will make people be like well what is that like what does that mean so and and going back to what you said to bringing back the jaded fan or roping in the person who has never experienced professional wrestling and in this day and age lucha libre is the best way to fucking do that. Right. Especially now. And I, I really highly credit Lucha underground um, for as far as a national stage um, for being able to do that and featuring a lot of these guys and, and getting Lucha Libre out there, you know, and 
Thank God for uh, El Rey Network and uh, right. Robert Rodriguez because Lucha Libre, when you go and watch these guys perform these moves and stuff, you could be the most jaded fan in the world that, well, I remember, you know, back in the day, ECW and all this stuff when, you know, you had Benoit and Guerrero and Malenko putting on these clinics and then you had, you know, Psychosis and Rey Mysterio and all that. Lucha Libre has it all, you know, right. it, it, it's insane. Like if you don't know about AAA and CMLL and all that stuff and now – you know, that was kind of brought over and Americanized by Lucha Underground. Right, right. And, uh, so, you know, easy, easy way to break people in is right. Lucha Libre wrestling, man. So Absolutely. It's the, you know, it's just the appeal of the outfit and the look. And, yeah. Um, this, and, and of course, athleticism is it's always there. It's always tough. Oh, yeah. But, and, it, uh, yeah, it's great. So, but now it's like we try to you know, we have like our group of guys and we try to create some of our own characters just to add yeah. to it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's wild. We sometimes looking back and just thinking about like all the people we've had come through over the years and just like, you know, we had, uh, Ray Phoenix and, uh, Penta alone was in and just Johnny like, Mundo, you know, yeah, our champion for, uh, I mean, and by the way, coolest dude in the world, like super nice, <laughs> like, just, like a great, just like a great dude, but it was like another weird, just, you know, it's a, those things where you just look back and, uh, you know, and you're just like, wow, this is kind of crazy to realize like the connections we've made. Cause we're not, we're not. And I mean this sincerely, like we're in the business, but we're not like, in the business like right. like i i go through like eric cannon is a really good friend of mine um and, he's awesome dude yeah and we talk uh like i bounce stuff off of him because i don't like some stuff i don't know or i'm not sure about like well, well who's who's looking good or who should we bring in or what's his got any leads any female wrestlers whatever and he's always been really good with us as far as like kind of helping me out and guiding me because i do watch wrestling but i'm not so into it that i know you know who's the new next one up and coming type thing well and also it's you know i mean it's people may or may not know you know you're a family man right yeah yeah big time real life yeah yeah i got you i'm on the same level brother um (laughs) you know i try to manage family life uh the show um and also my band it's uh it's twenty four seven job you know so it's it you can't be as fully invested as maybe you even want to be right you know because of that so and the guys who are on the road every day every weekend like they're like they're the ones with their ear you know to the the wall they're the ones like that can kind of clue you in and we have a real i just feel like we have a really good support staff around us of friends and performers that are willing to be like hey check out this guy or check out that person so Mm -hmm. it's good and uh, you know it's nice and it's not as difficult as it once was it is nice now to to be able to say, hey, I'm Jay from Mondo Lucha. And some go, oh, good, I've heard of you. And it's like, okay, great. Because there was a long stretch. There were people like, who the fuck are you? And it's like, <laughs> like yeah, no. And so I, I approach it very humbly now. And I'm like, I don't know if you've ever heard of us, but this is what we do. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you. I'm like, okay, great. Then I don't have to, I can skip all the bullshit. You yeah, know? we were we were kind of warned uh, when I announced on Facebook you were coming on that we we have to take good care of you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you don't have to. You know, you guys are you guys are great. I, that's not a problem at all. Yeah, it's just very much. Um, yeah, it's just it's 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 a different it's a, it's a different animal. It really is. Wrestling mm. is a strange. It's a strange creature, and it's kind of that weird thing where it's like I. I brag about it and I post about it in my own personal life and all my feeds and all that. And, mm-hmm. um, but like, I have to keep it separate from, again, I'm a school teacher. 
So right. I try to keep that, you know, the church mix, you know, way. Yeah, you just don't, you know, it's like you just don't want to um did you know kind of mingle those because again, it's like you don't know what the the um someone's opinion is gonna be of wrestling. And then exactly. I have, you know, like we I have just a lot of creative friends and friends that are in bands, bands that are have been more successful than Mondo Lucha or anything I ever have done will be. And so that, you know, it's like, so what am I going to impress them with? I'm just always kind of like, Hey, you know, it's cool. Like they're good. They're great people and they're very supportive, but I'm like, they've toured the world and played all over the place and all this stuff. And I just be like, Hey, we do this wrestling show, but they're great people. And, uh, you know, we just kind of take the creativity from everywhere we can. So speaking, uh, speaking of bands and stuff, um, let's kind of segue into that for a minute, because, yeah. um, as I was kind of creeping on your Facebook page, uh, <laughs> I saw you, you're a guy who obviously is into, um, into some heavy metal, you're into some punk yeah. rock. Um, I saw you wearing a sport to ghost shirt, you know, yes. I'm a big fan of ghost. I got the, uh, Papa Emeritus or Emeritus, however you want to say it. Um, pop figure over there. I've seen him twice in concert. Um, and, and take us back through what Jay is listening to currently in the past. What inspires you? What really yeah. uh, gets you wet as far as. Yeah. Being- um, I was always, uh, I mean, from seventh grade, I was punk rock. Um, yes. Even yes. did uh, through high school. I then and uh, after high school, I went into straight edge a lot. I did a lot of that stuff. Not I'm clearly not anymore, but I still love all the old. <laughs> all that stuff um always been a music guy like and i think that uh yeah like even but i mean it's i'm all over the place with music to be honest with you um i see all your misfits stuff huge misfits fan i always make the joke like i love the misfits i love danzig's music um, but dick. I can make fun of that fucker all day long. But if you <laughs> get a concert, I would be there in a heartbeat, like Danzig. So oh, yeah. you know Same, what I mean. So, like I can put every funny meme I see of, of him up, and I'll laugh about it. But um, but yeah, but like I'm, I'm loyal. Um, I mean, I really am all over the place, and I think that again, music lends so much to what we do. It's mm-hmm. just it's the uh, you know I always the, here's something kind of an, I think this is interesting. So we have like kind of our little code of ethics and rules and what do we do with our show mm-hmm. and one of the things i always stress upon everybody because if you go to an indie wrestling show like the guys want to go out at like uh, the intermission or and they want to sell their merch or they want to do that stuff and we don't do an intermission and then they'll be like oh you don't do an intermission i can't sell my merch i'm like hey you need to be backstage because are the rolling stones out at their <laughs> merchandise stand selling their shirts you know what i'm saying like so i said create the mystique about yourself don't just be out there. I mean, it's different in an indie wrestling show setup, but it's different in the sense that like, I'll be like, Hey, listen, sell your stuff. Sell it at the end of the night, like come out and they'll be happy to see you. Like, it's almost like, Oh my God, people were leaving and they showed up and they were selling their shirts. But if you're standing there by yourself, in my opinion, you're kind of devaluing a little bit of who you like, you're taking away the mystique of who you are. Exactly. So, and it- you know what I'm saying? Like, it just makes that to me, it makes that much more sense. Well, so. and, and coming from, you know, the band uh, music world myself uh, for the past, you know, 15 plus years, I, I always akin liken it to uh, you got to let people that people may know of you. People may have bought my record before. They may have seen shit somewhere, but they haven't seen or felt it live. So right. I, I always love, you know, I go out there every whether it's one person or, you know, a thousand people or whatever. Um and give them that performance to where, all right, I'm always pumped afterwards. Like how much shit are we going to sell? 
Yeah. You know, it's always after, after the show, after you perform, you know, then you go and sell your merch. Right. Cause that's when, like, cause you've now proven yourself and like, exactly. in your, they want, that's when they want to see it. It's always just kind of been our, our thing, but I was like, it's that kind of that music, uh, way of being, I guess, so, you know, or just like, I just think, you know, treat yourself like a star and people will be like, Oh yeah, that's, uh, you know, they're look that's at this. Like they are. So, yeah. Man. But, uh, which I guess goes against punk rock, but you know, whatever. Uh, that's like, that's my, that's my big one. Uh, you know, and the bands, like I've always been drawn to the performance artist angle of things. That's why I think uh, I, I like ghost music, but I love the, the show. Um, you like Alice Cooper, man. Yeah, same. right. Exactly. It's not, you know, it's not, I mean, I get it. They're not, he's not really satanic, but, it's awesome. <laughs> right. but it's like fun and it's like, okay, cool. And, uh, you know, I'm into like that. Or like, again, the Misfits had a look when yep. I was a teenager. Guar had a look like, you know, it's like Guar was it's like you went and saw it. Like, was their music the best? No, but it was good enough. And I was getting shit sprayed on me all night from like Cosmic Monster. So who gives a fuck? You know, like it's can I swear on this podcast. I forgot to ask that question at the start. Is that you OK? You cannot fucking say any. Swear okay, words. I gonna say, am I going to get bleeped all night here? What the hell? Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, so it's like anything that presents a show, like I'm totally down with. Like that's – anything is – you know, I just – before the quarantine hit, like I, my wife and I and one of our friends went and saw the play Hedwig, which is like a kind of like rock and roll, gay, LGBTQ uh, play. It's awesome. And it's like the music's amazing. It's kind of like glam rocky. Oh, it's yeah. The show. It's just like I love – I love anyone that's willing to present, you know. And, and like – and that's like wrestling. If you're out of shape uh, and you wrestle, if you're wearing just like some skivvies, if you're just wearing like the black tights and like boots, like <laughs> do it because yeah. don't be that guy wearing a T-shirt because anybody in the crowd, everybody's wearing a T-shirt in the goddamn crowd. But if you're out of shape and you dress like a wrestler, I have so much more like, yeah, man, you're the a wrestler. Beard, the I do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You, you're doing that. So it's like that's you know, music and wrestling. Like I just look, it's like, what makes it, what makes you different than the average person and what makes you stand out? You're a body guy. Like you're like a Matt Cross or a, you know, or a Johnny Morrison. And it's like, those guys are fucking chiseled and jacked. Yeah. Uh, not everybody's like that. So that's unique. Um, or someone's wearing straight up like wrestling, wrestling, old school, Arn Anderson looking wrestling gear. Yeah. 90% of the dudes in that crowd are not going to wear that outfit any time of their life. So that's unique. <laughs> um, you know, and then you got masks. Guys are wearing masks. That's unique. But what, you know, what takes you out is if you have a bunch of guys just in T-shirts or like uh, basketball shorts or something like that. You know, and we have a very specific uh, – one of my best wrestling friends is Dysfunction from Milwaukee. Like the guy's awesome to me. He's I mean, he's great. I, I can't say enough great things about the guy. He's like our our uh, scumbum, so to speak, on our show. He's like the one guy where I'm like, you can wear basketball shorts, wear a T-shirt. And he had like a special T-shirt made that said like Mondo Lucha's trash, which I'm like, yeah. he's like our Kevin Steen. I like to call him our Kevin Steen, where it's just like, you're great. You get a pass. You do whatever you want. But guess what? I'm not going to let anybody else on the sh- on the card have that look that is yours. That's specifically yours. And it just fits so perfectly. And it's the character and everything about it. So, um, but yeah, just like, just like creating that presence and that look and what it looks like. So that's just, I mean, 
And it's been like that for years. You know, I used to listen to cramps a lot, loved listening oh, yeah. to cramps. And it's like seeing um, Lux interior, just hitting himself with a microphone and acting weird and doing crazy <laughs> shit and dressing like vampires. Like that's the stuff that always appealed to me, like just yeah. kind of weirdness. So some, some Gigi Allen. Oh, of course. I saw it. Yeah, I saw Gigi Allen when he was in Milwaukee. So really? I was very young. I was, oh, I, man. I believe I was a freshman or eighth grade in high school when he got arrested in Milwaukee. So no shit. Did uh, yeah. you didn't get too close? Did you? No. Well, nobody really did, but that was one of those <laughs> where, well, that was a good one too, because it was like, my parents didn't know where the fuck I was. Ooh. So I'm hanging out with my friends. We go to the show. I sneak in on it's I'm underage at the venue all the shit goes down. The cops show up. We leave. My you know, my parents the next day. What did you do with your friends last night? Nothing. We were just skateboarding, you know. And we're watching the news, and he's like on the news, and this guy was sh- crapping on stage and throwing <laughs> into the audience. And my Shut mom drum sticks up his ass. Right, my mom's like, "You're. Not, I don't want to ever hear you going to concerts like that." I'm like, "Never in a million years will I ever go to something like that." That's too far, mother. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's and uh, and funny funny enough, I introduced my son. My one son's seventeen, my other one's fourteen, mm. um, and they don't a they don't give a shit about wrestling, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> they could care less. That'd be like if someone said to me right now, "You want to go on a space shuttle to the moon?" I'd be like, "Hell yeah!" Um, that's what it would been like if I was their age and someone said, "Can you go on a wrestling ring?" But like yeah. we do our shows, I'm like. You guys want to bring your friends and just bump around like, "Eh, we don't care. Uh, So they don't do that. But introducing them to music and a couple like a couple months ago to like, you guys ever hear Gigi Allen? They're like, no. I'm like, let me show you some things. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, dude. I love his early shit, man. He he actually had some decent uh, vocal production. I didn't think he was bad. No, I know. There were some good songs. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I was like, I'm like, you guys want to hear the song Sluts in the City or Needle Up My Cock? I'll play that one for you. Needle Up My Cock. (laughs) That's cool. So, yeah, but try again, trying to expose those guys to as much as possible. No pun intended. Uh, But... uh, yeah, and they're just like, yeah, we don't really like this. I'm like, okay, cool. Move on to the next thing. Yeah, so, you guys ever heard of Campbell Corpse? Right, right. <laughs> right. But we, I, yeah, like, we took them to Ghost. So we're nice. like, oh, let's go see Ghost. So they enjoyed that. I have a question, Jay. Yeah. Um, you run us through real quick how you decide to lay out a show. You know, ah, you know wrestling sure. stuff, non-wrestling stuff, like how you pick out because it's so eclectic and you guys have transitioned over the last 12 years. What you started with and you said earlier – uh, no more magicians. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like the different things. Like, so I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Um, just all the different uh, variations of spectacle you bring to one show. So sure. It's not wrestling. It's other things. Could you could you walk us through that? Yeah. Well? Oh, for sure. I think the first the first and foremost is when we book. Um, and now again, we've had we have our very solid crew. It's a lot of. Um, we make sure we have. Uh, who we want wrestling wise. I mean, I don't get, I know it sounds weird to say cause everybody wants that, but we have very specific ideas for how we want matches to go down, how, who we want in them. Um, how many new guys, usually we try to introduce two or three new guys a year. Um, and while either phasing people out or, um, bringing in, uh, or just the, you know, which ones the crowd really wants to stay space monkeys, a guy that from the time we introduced them, everyone wants them every single year, you know, and some guys, 
we'll drop off for a year, come back in, things like that. Um, always try to phase in some new guys every year. And it will, so we're focusing on like our big show in September, which is like the big major one. Um, so, so then we'll pick a uh, band usually uh, depending upon what the feel for the show is. Um, we never want to do two bands the same, like two years in a row in the sense of like, if we do like a rock band one year, the next year we might do something that's more like electronic or hip hop. Um, you know, we, uh, you'd like to introduce like, uh, bands with like girl singers. I know it, it sounds so archaic to even say it like that, but they're not as prevalent as you would think. Right. Um, we just try to come up with different as like, what will the crowd like? That's the other thing. Like we don't, Believe me, if I could have some screaming death metal band up there, I totally would. But I know that that's not going to draw the – like, that's not good. You need to have something that the crowd can bite onto and be like, yeah. oh, I really like this. So, like, this last year was Devil's Teeth, which was kind of a little bit more of an edgy surf rock. I don't even like to use the word surf rock because it's not really them, their yeah. sound. But that's the closest I can get. Um, you know, we had them. Like, we had a dance band the year before that. year before that was kind of like a – real rock and rolly um, 70s vibe band year before that uh, we had like a, like a disco dancey type thing. Uh, So we just kind of changed that up um, every year. And the show is laid out so that there's lots of ebbs and flows. Um, We do a lot of video production. So you have a lot of uh, little um, interstitial videos, like the uh, commercial with the toys. Uh, We create all kinds of other, completely bonkers ridiculous bullshit commercials that there are things or statements i yeah there's like a whole lot we we had one about talking about like how we've existed throughout time and it was like pictures of like 1982 when people were fighting for cabbage patch dolls and we like superimposed the <laughs> wrestler in the picture and the berlin wall coming down and there's like two wrestlers standing there and like so you know we just get, we try to create this weird history for ourselves like we've always been there um I like that. And we and you know so it's like show starts band usually kicks off with one song. We treat it like Saturday night live. The bands are not doing full sets. Right. Uh, band'll start the show off with one song. I introduce the show, we get into a wrestling match. Then uh we'll have like a burlesque act come out, probably have like an interstitial video of something that we've produced, go into another wrestling match and the formula kind of plays out like that. We do 4 to 5 matches at a show. Sometimes we've done 6, but that it just gets a little long in the tooth um, show uh, concludes with our main event, whatever that might be. And then at the end of the show, unlike any other wrestling show in, I believe in the country at the end of the night, after the main event, all the performers come out into the wrestling ring and the band plays a couple songs. And it's whether you're heels, baby faces, whoever you are, whatever you are, you're in the ring and everybody's just dancing, having a good time at the end of the show. So, and then they end up walking around the ring, taking pictures, selling their gimmicks and all of that stuff. Just kind of, you know, it's, everybody's able to suspend the disbelief of who's good guys, who's bad guys for two and a half hours. And then we just end the show and like, cause everybody in my opinion needs to be congratulated on the job they've done. I mean, they really, they work their asses off. So it'd be one thing if it's just a bunch of baby faces in the ring dancing. It's like, okay, that's great. But <laughs> every, you know, everybody's part of the show. So everybody yeah. needs to come out there and everybody needs to participate. So yeah, everybody, it's cool. Everybody needs to kill kayfabe once, once. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, at, <laughs> and at that point you feel, you're hoping you've taken them on this roller coaster where they're exhausted and they're just excited to see everybody out there 
kind of in their natural element. It's just not, you know, it's being human beings. Cause for the last two and a half hours, they were superheroes or sexy performers or rock stars, whatever it is. And at the end, they're just human beings. And like, we're all on the same page and we're glad the audience is there as much as they're glad we're doing it. And it's just a good way for us to kind of have that good vibe with everybody. So yeah, it's like a lot. It's like I said, it's, it's the, the ebb and the flow. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes. Who gets the who gets the shaft? The band gets the shaft because when the band plays is usually when people get up to buy more beer. So <laughs> that's, that's all right. Always been. But if you give the band the pop at the beginning, you give the band the first thing. Right. The, the crowd is so amped for the show to begin. Mm-hmm. You tell that band you play your best song. You play the song that gets this crowd moving. You do that one right now because that's what's going to hook them. And then. When you're playing in the middle of the show, because they'll play like one more time in the middle of the show, kind of like a Saturday Night Live, um, a lot of people are getting their beers or going to the bathroom and doing that stuff, but people are still watching. And then at the end of the night, the band gets to play to all the performers in the ring, which is like, and then it's just like the party is just fucking out of control. (laughs) They get it. It's that middle performance is the one that usually suffers. So, but hey, it's rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they get it. You know, we just try to explain that to everybody. Um, You know, this is what's expected. This is how it works. All the wrestlers always want to work the first match because the first match, the crowd is just so excited for that first big bump or that first big spot. Like that's so when people come to the venue, all the the workers get to the venue, they're always looking to see where they're wrestling. Like, I'm the third match. And I'm like, I can't put everybody in the first match, you know? So. Right. Gotta make it, yeah. But those guys always always want that spot, so it's good. Yeah, like I say, it's there's a method to the madness. We look like we're about to come off the rails at any second, but it's very control. Like at any, it just we're we're full steam ahead. There's no breaks. There's no stop. So it's like uh, the band finishes playing. I come out on stage. I welcome the crowd. We talk the first match goes on. Those wrestlers are leaving the ring and there's a burlesque dancer going up into the ring and she, I'm introducing her and she does her thing. And by the time she's finished and she's getting out of the ring of videos playing on the screen overhead, she clears out by the time the video ends, I'm back in the ring announcing the next match. Like it's nonstop. We're just like, boom, 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 boom. It's, it's exhausting. So, oh yeah. Yeah. But it's great because I wouldn't want it any other way. I don't want it to ever slow down. I want to just like barrel through. 
<laughs> Hell yeah, that's that's very unique to you guys, and I I think that would be an awesome experience. You know, just go there, get, fucking have a great time. You know, barrel through that shit. And uh, I mean, if you are having a good time, it's gonna seem like it was you know an hour long, right? You know, time yeah, flies when you're having fun. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's usually people will be like, it's over, and I'm like, well, we don't want. We try to keep it to like two hour or two and a half hours, three hours if we're going long. If things are really stretched out but that at that point we can tell people are kind of fading a little bit and it's like okay let's just take it home and kind of wrap it up but we try to stick to about two and a half hours but we're also really methodical um our pre-show which is just a music soundtrack the music soundtrack is completely thought thought about leading up to the show like we don't just put on a like i have a set list the doors open at seven o'clock. That show starts at eight o'clock and that set list plays all the way up. And right at eight o'clock, the lights go down. And then we always play um, Carly Simon. Nobody does it better. That's the song that gets that. So like this wrestling show is about to start. The crowd is amped up. The place is sold out. People are hanging from the rafters. Lights go out and we put on Carly Simon and you got people like swaying back and forth in the crowd and everyone's into it. It's the cockiest piece of shit ever for us to do something like that. But it's kind of like, we sold out Turner Hall. We're going to be like, hey, man, this is what we do. So, you know, so it's everything is just like clockwork for us. And um, we're very particular, whether it be songs, music that the wrestlers come out to. None of the wrestlers have their music that they use. We curate all of their intro music for ourselves. We create all their intro videos, how we want them to look. We want them to have a different feel and vibe for our show than anywhere else that they work. Right. So Which is, That's awesome. And this, I, I have a question for you about that because from what I gather, the, uh, was he the Russian beast? Yes. Is he, is he essentially the signature Mondo Lucha? Um, yes. Icon or. So, and isn't that, so. Ain't that fucked up, right? That uh, <laughs> the biggest baby face in our wrestling promotion is like a throwback 1970s uh, Russian character that doesn't speak, has never said a word. Um, he, he was there from the very first show when he was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he wrestled alone, wrestled against the uh, roller derby girls. And he lost, you know, because of course you got to put the girls over on the first yeah, show. Got to. Second show, he said, or his manager said, if he beats the roller derby girls, he gets to marry one of them. And so he beat one and we brought a minister out into the ring and he married an unconscious roller derby girl. It was very, (laughs) looking back on that, it might be a little on PC in these times now. Um, And then over the years, he went from being this bad guy to becoming the face of the company Mm. and where people absolutely like they just really latched onto him and um, he's just really taken off. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. And like, especially in politically, you think about all these last years and who's all supposed Russian bots controlling yeah. our elections and how, you know, and like almost as like reinventing of the cold war and all that. And through all this time, we've got our biggest baby face is a 1970s throwback Russian guy. And the crowd just goes nuts. And so and I'm sorry, I didn't ramble on this, but what's great about it is, and I'll pull it back a little bit on this. So um, at our last show, John uh, John Morrison, Johnny Mondo was uh, defending our heavyweight title. 
And uh, he said at the show, I'm leaving because he was signed at that point. He was going to WWE mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I'm leaving here and I'm going to take this belt with me. And I like, so we went from being this big baby face for us and like totally turned on the crowd. And I'm going to, you know, once I win this belt, I'm just taking it with me and I'm not coming back. So tough break, whatever. And so we had his match against Isaiah Velasquez, uh, another big freelance guy. And the crowd thought, oh, my goodness, like Isaiah is going to win because Isaiah is a former heavyweight champion for us. And then Johnny pins Isaiah clean. And the crowd was like, because they all think they're smart, right? Because they're all yeah. like, wait, what? And so John's celebrating. And then I come out and say, hey, you know what? I forgot. There's one guy who still hasn't had a chance to wrestle tonight. And I didn't even have to say who it was. And the crowd erupted. And then his intro, (laughs) he came out, bing, bong, boom, whatever, pins John. But the best part about that whole thing is as he's uh, fighting John in what was probably a two or three minute match at the most, because him and Isaiah already went 15 minutes. I went and got the Russians' parents who were there and we brought them down the ramp to the ring. And he didn't know that. So when he won the heavyweight title and was holding up the belt, we brought his parents into the ring. And uh, I've never I've never cried in the ring. No reason. But like I was teary eyed like this is his goddamn parents. Yeah. It was like the coolest thing for, his, you know, for his parents and everyone, you know, and everything to see. And it was just a great time. You know, it was just like it's cool. And just like kind of creating those moments like that. That's what we just want to do. And, you know, and then everyone comes out and the parents are in the ring and all the wrestlers are in the ring. And then John's going up and like then at the end, cause he's like, I'm not going to leave a heel. So he's totally, you know, like uh, goes up to the Russian and shakes his hand and gives him the belt and then like hugs the Russian's mother. So it's like, okay, so he leaves as a good guy too. You know, nobody wants to leave as that bad guy. And it was just like this great vibe. And it's just kind of like just doing shit like that. And that's what is, I think is just like the best part about it. So, and eliciting emotion from myself and, you know, and I've been planning that stuff for six months but then it happens and I'm starting to get teary eyed in the ring, you know, so I'm like, so if it's choking me up, I'm hoping it's choking somebody else up. Right. So Hell yeah. yeah, good shit. What's uh? so, I mean, obviously that's gotta be one of your favorite moments out of like, you guys are going on damn near a dirty dozen, you know, as yeah. far as being around. Uh, is there any other moment that kind of speaks mm. out to you loud that you're like, man, this is, this is why I'm doing this or, you know, um, we, <laughs> We used to have a character that was a goat, like a, a, a bisexual space goat. <laughs> I love um, it. I, I'll, I'll find the video. I know it's not online. We've kind of kept it offline, which is fine. Mm. Um, but uh, he had left the promotion. Uh, he had been taken back to outer space. And uh, he reemerged the next year when during the show, a spaceship landed in the parking lot. Um, and CNN was covering it, which again, we have pretty fucking awesome production. So it looks great. Uh, there is a, a, there was, we on the big screen in one of the matches, uh, the spaceship, you see the spaceship land in the parking lot of the venue. And then, uh, that guy came out and the crowd popped really big. That was fun. Like that was cool. But like creating a CNN video, like actually like looking with our production staff and being like, let's take a look at every aspect of what, like a, what a breaking news segment on CNN looks like. Mm. And then how do we do that? And then, 
being able to film from like using drones and things to get really high so we can get like an above angle as a spaceship lands in the parking lot outside the like it was a it was like a lot of production like stuff like that's pretty cool like just being able to pull off weird stuff like that um one year we did a show around halloween time and when everybody came into the venue there was a coffin in the middle of the ring and i was inside the coffin for an hour and a half before the show started <laughs> so when the show started i kicked off the lid of the coffin and came out and so people were like were you under the ring i'm like no i was in the coffin just laying there for an hour and 40 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes that was fun um meeting the guys like seriously at the end of the day we're all wrestling fans so being able to meet you know john or penta or phoenix or matt cross and like making really good friends you know darren corbin greatest guy in the world marion fontaine space monkey just you know all these guys the list goes on and on i really it's like far and few between i mean there's always a stinker here and there but for the most part like everybody's been great and if they agree on your vision or if they see your vision and they can see what you're doing and they're like yeah man i totally get it it's awesome but we've met so many great guys and um like anytime yeah anytime anything like that happens just being able to meet someone or talk to somebody or do business with somebody and make them feel respected and feel that they were treated well like stuff like that as long as that's good like that's all we can really hope for you know, um, we have a wrestler, Mustafa, who wrestles for us at over 300 pounds. I don't, I'm a terrible judge. Could be 400 pounds. <laughs> um, a very large, tall African-American gentleman that could do a moonsault. Uh, he did a, I'll, I'll show you, I'll send you that link. He did a moonsault and the building almost exploded. Like when that happened, like, cause nobody knew. So, um, things like that, uh, and I'm sorry, again, I don't mean to ramble. Like, here's one of my, this is a good one. Great example. And I've told this story before, but this is an awesome one. The difference between wrestling crowds and kind of wrestling crowds. So Zach Gowan comes into work for us. Yeah. Super great dude. Um, Maybe 35% of the people there know he has one leg. But the problem becomes the people that don't know he has one leg, you have to convey to them that he can wrestle. Because if you don't do that, then those people that don't know that, well, they realize he's one-legged, they think that wrestlers are just beating up a one-legged guy. And it's very, you know, how do you convey that message? So we're talking through the match at the beginning and uh, the guys, the heels and then are like, hey, let's, let's get like Zach rolls in the ring. Let's get some heat on him and we'll rip his leg off and like throw it out of the ring. And I go, (laughs) In a wrestling, at an indie wrestling show, yes, because they know Zach Gowan has one leg. At this show, a lot of this audience doesn't know that. That's going to come off very scary for people. Mm-hmm. So I said, so how about you let him take his leg off, let him evade you guys for a little bit, let him get a move so they can go, oh, he knows how to wrestle, and then do what you do. Yeah, that's how it works. And they're like, okay, well, sure, we'll go with it. You're the booker, so whatever you say. And that was one of those moments where I'm just like, when it went off, that's exactly what happened. The crowd accepted it, and then they let the heat go on Zach. Right. But if we wouldn't have done that, it would have been a lot of people very feeling very uncomfortable in the audience. So, you know, just trying to be able to navigate those waters. Those are the best parts about being a booker. Like, how do you make this 
work for everybody, you know, cause right. Cause if it's, if everybody there is for at an indie show and they all know him, then they're expecting him to get jumped in his leg to get ripped off. And there are all kinds of stuff that happened to it, but you know, and then to this day, still having people come up to me that aren't full on wrestling fans and go, so what'd you guys do? Tie his leg behind his back. And I'm like, <laughs> doesn't even fucking make sense. <laughs> you know, like, that, 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 it, like that's physically, that would be the hardest thing, but it's, it's great because they think that that's what we did. Yeah. He was really one legged. I'm like, yeah, he was one legged. Like, why is that so hard to believe that? And if he wasn't one legged, if he was two legged and the guy's moonsaulting on one leg, he's got to be really goddamn good to be able to take away half of his, you know, half of his legs and be able to do that stuff. So, Oh yeah. Well, look at that guy that they've had in uh I can't remember his name, uh but I know he's done some shit with AEW. He doesn't yeah. have any legs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Where is he tying those things? I I don't know. I, is it super <laughs> Hey, is he superimposed? Right. right. He's got green screens on his legs. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, right. Lieutenant Dan special effects. Yeah, no, I know it just but that's just, like those are the things more so than the moments, the things that make people go, "What?" Like, how did that, like, how did you do that? Like, where did you find a priest to marry a mass man to a roller derby girl? And, you know, like, where did you get this? And then you're like, awesome, I got you. Because you're the same person that walked into the show and said, this wrestling, I know it's not real. Let me, let me see if this is entertaining or not. And then at the end of the show, that's the same guy going, wow, so where'd you find a priest? And it's like, uh. Fair enough, dude. You know, it's cool. so, <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate that stuff. Uh, yeah, but it, you know, but again, we owe everything to I, the talent. I mean, over the years, just surrounding ourselves with great talent. That's all that I mean, that is I think that's what kind of propelled us in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, and also not using a lot of the same talent that is used locally, like trying right. to bring people in that makes it different. Um, we don't want to have every same person that's on every other show here. So, um, and just kind of offering that to everybody is what makes us kind of stand out a little bit. Not we're, guys, not, we're not any better than anybody else. We're just doing something different. That's my right. Opinion. Now you guys, uh, who else is up there? Is it Zello pro is Zello up they, there? Well, they're in Chicago. Um, they've run Turner, I think once or twice. So, mm-hmm. but it's again, we we were the first wrestling promotion to run in Turner Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, when our tickets go on sale for our Turner Hall show, our big show, tickets sell out in two days. And we put tickets on sale usually six months before the show. Um, we announced no talent. Nice. So we're selling out off of our name, not off of anything else. So um, I think a lot of times promotions from other cities look into that and say, oh, well, we can come up to Milwaukee because it looks like a good wrestling town and we can do that venue. And nobody, I mean, and, and again, I'm not trying to be like, oh, we're great. But like, nobody's coming close to that. And they're wondering why. And I could tell them if they asked me, a lot of the wrestling fans live in the suburbs, the surrounding suburbs of Milwaukee. They don't like to come downtown. It's very hard. Like NXT sometimes doesn't even sell out Turner Hall. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and, and again, I'm not saying we're better than NXT. It's just like, we've just created something that's very organic and very Milwaukee based. People like to support hometown. Yeah. So like we've created, like we go out of our way to do things in the city and for the city, hence the day being named after us. Um, and so like people see that, Oh, like AAW ran Turner hall and it was okay. I mean, they had, I think they had a couple hundred people there. It was decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they're like, 
well, why didn't more people come? It's like, well, I can't tell you. And I, I mean, I can tell you, I just don't think that there's not that big of a, that like an inside wrestling crowd. It's, yeah. the, you know, Dave Harrow runs great shows up here. Blizzard brawl that brings a lot of people because he brings in a lot of like, not nostalgia, but he brings in a lot of like the name people that can do autograph signings and all that stuff. People, uh, in Milwaukee, as much as AEW is exposing them to things and they're running through, you know, and like they're seeing a lot of these guys, um, it's not as like they're not as rabid as people might want to think as in other cities. So, right. So it might be a little bit of a, yeah, to see what we do and then realize this, we're doing something different and that's what it is. So, well, and you guys have been doing it in that place for so many years now, you know, we're talking over a decade. So, right. I mean, you guys are, you're the home team. Right, you know? exactly. And then people, and you know what? And when other promotions like Zello or AW or whoever comes through, and there people be like, "Oh, are you mad that they use some of your guys?" I'm like, I don't care. Like, right. I'm not, we're not competing with anybody. Yeah. See, I've heard uh, I've heard stories of vice versa, the other way around. Of so, I won't say any names, but you know, I've heard that, uh, like, especially in the Chicago area, it's like, right. oh, well, you can't if you're gonna come here, you can't work there. Yeah, like, I, and I, well, and the I joke, like, I'll show up because I'm cordial to everybody. I don't. I really, honestly, think it's great. The more people yeah. that get eyes on wrestling, I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll joke because some of our guys will be on the show and then I'll walk up to them and be like, like, oh, brother, <laughs> look like you're choosing sides, brother. And then they're like, yeah. I'm really sorry. I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, they need to, I want them to get as much work as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, the only thing I would be leery on is if the, uh, like, so say one of those companies were to do a show like a week before our show there, I'd be a right. little leery on that. But the venue, we have such a good working relationship with the venue. The venue won't book any wrestling shows like two months around us mm-hmm. because they don't like because that's they respect like the product that we're doing. So that's great. You know, but we've had we've had promoters try to call the venue and say, like, we're bad for business. And we've had like promoters have tried to, like, you know, do kind of dastardly deeds to us. But we just it's like, OK, well. Who cares? Like, why? Who cares? Like, we're not coming in your backyards or we're not doing anything. We just we're just doing our thing and you can keep doing yours. Yeah. Can we all just get along? You know, right. No, I absolutely. And I'll help anyone, Uh, you know, but it's one of those things, too, where it's like, but it has to be reciprocal. And there has to be like, don't call me up and try to use me for some, you know, for something, you know, like, oh, like to get your foot in the door somewhere or to try to like get a ring, I've, you know, whatever. But it's definitely like, if someone needs help, we'll genuinely help someone if they're interested in the help, but don't come to me at the, and uh, you know, and to try to just, I don't say wheezing, well, just a bad word, but it's just yeah, like, wait, don't be wheezing the juice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know, but again, I, I wish success on everybody. I hope everybody does good. And I hope, you know, it's, but then you got to look at wrestling and you got to ask yourself, like, where are we in the bell curve in wrestling right now? Mm-hmm. And if we're all wrestling fans, like as cool as it is that AEW is on TV, does it have sustaining staying power? Does it like, cause you know, when, as a teacher, when I talk to kids, kids in my school, they don't know anything about AEW. They mm-hmm. kind of barely know ring of honor. But when they say like I'm going to WWE, yep. you know, it like Kleenex is Kleenex. Kleenex is a brand. It's not a thing. Mm-hmm. But people refer to any kind of tissue as Kleenex. Yeah. The catch-all for wrestling is WWE. 
Yep. And so how do you break down that stereotype for, you know, and it's like, and if we're all in this echo chamber of we love wrestling and we love stuff, how do we break out of the echo chamber and expose it to other people and get them in without it seeming like, again, a bunch of comic book guys from the Simpsons sitting around and being too smart for the room, you know, cause that's just going to turn people away. Mm. So, but I think, I think this time period might be the best chance possibly in history of Kleenex getting broken up. Um, yes. Yeah. Because there's so much out there and there are so many flavors of ice cream out there. There's so many creative people out there. You got to find something you like. If you like spectacle, like if you like music, you like going to concerts, there's so much awesome music out there and there's so many awesome performers out there. You're going to find a band you fucking love, whether it's something funky, punk music, classical music, doesn't matter. It's the same thing with wrestling. It's the same thing with yeah. almost every artistic thing you can get out there. Like even somebody that like paints with crayon or like colors with crayons, you can find like a thousand dudes in the country that are badass Crayola crayon artists. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh yeah. Wow, that sounds like a challenge. Yeah, it, it's an amazing time for creative people. And because, uh, I mean, arguments could be made for what's the problem with WWE. People that love it, love it. So we tend to knock it. If you like it, that's cool. Right. Um, but this is the time that there's a way to, like, you don't have to like them. If you do, right. cool. You don't have to like AEW. If you do, cool. Um, there's all these small promotions. There's all these Chicago promotions, East coast, West coast, middle, Midwest, Milwaukee, like everybody's doing cool shit. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm always excited. That's why, that's why I continue to be excited. Like week to week as we do this, it's super exciting because, um, there's just so much, like, I love being entertained. The flip side is being obsessed and continue to be obsessed with the news and the ugliness of politics and going into all these ugly wormholes and being pulling all your hair out because everything sucks and you think the world's going to end. And if like people, you know, and now we're in a seemingly apocalyptic scenario, whereas before, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but, but, but it's still a, it's still an incredibly special time for creative people. I'm a broken record about this shit. No, I agree. So I think this is the best chance for for that. I just think possibly it, happen. But I always get worried about the fracturing. If it fractures too much and it splinters too, like it, it's kind of like. Um, and again, like with wrestling, if it splinters too much or it fractures too much, then audiences tend to like just definitely like they have that tribalism where they go to their yeah, one specific thing, and then nothing will be able to branch out or nothing will be able to like supersede or go get bigger than what, you know, what they're at. And unfortunately you're at this point where WWE is already this like juggernaut and they are what they are, but it's like, so how, you know, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? What is, how do we, how do you get those promotions like or ring of honor or uh, pro wrestling gorilla or, you know, whoever it is, how do you get them to get to that next level where they can get those fans i and it's like i i mean how many and how many years away are we that's the other thing too because it, i mean it might take if you know you look at how wwe ebbs and flows um they have a great roster of talent right now mm. but you know there's like these periods of like four years or five years where it's like i can't tell you what the hell was going on like it was just kind of like the ships adrift so it's like do they have five years to actually write the ship and not that the ship's in a wrong spot right now, but do they have five years time of spending money for them to be able to, 
uh, get to a way, a place where that production is or production and product is equal to, or, you know, they're with WWE. Um, that's my whole concern. I just hope that it's there because even though Tony Khan's a wrestling fan, much like the old WCW stuff, like use that as Ted Turner was too, you know, but it's like, once you have, once the billionaires start seeing that, Hey, this wrestling project you have is in the red numerous years in a row, we need to cut the, the losses. It's like, what's going to, you know, will that happen? Does that happen? Who knows? That's, you know, that's the, but that's, what's exciting because we get to see it all unfold and it's not our money. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> What's your prediction, though? I love people predicting things. I mean, if you don't want to answer, that's oh okay. no, I, I'll tell you what. I'll be honest. If you just again, I'm taking for the fact that since I was a teacher, taking into fact like all the kids that I know and I see and I talk to, they don't know anything about AEW. Mm. I don't. See, I see it ending up like a ring of honor where it becomes they'll sell off to some like clear channel type thing and they'll end up being another like Saturday, you know, what have you. Because look, Jericho is going to right now, Jericho can talk all the stuff he wants on WWE and he can, you know, kind of be the stinker. But eventually Jericho wants to go into the WWE Hall of Fame and wants to he's going to want to end on the big stage. So he's eventually going to leave there. Do the guys that they have at AEW, do they have the power to pull in that casual wrestling fan that's watching? I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know. And it's the same problem that TNA had. TNA, oh, this guy got released. This guy got released. And then they come over to they come over to AEW or they went over to TNA. And it's just like, oh, so all the people that just got released from WWE ended up over on this other program. That's not a good look. Right. In, yeah, in my opinion. I definitely yeah. agree with that. You know, and so, and people can say Mick Foley, Hogan, Flair, Angle, Christian were all past their prime, but there was a point in the mid 2000s when all of those guys were in and Kevin Nash were all in TNA at the exact same time and they still didn't do anything for ratings. No, I think the, you know, the only thing they did, uh, maybe Angle, um, when he first came in and had that feud with Joe, that was probably like the best shit some of the best shit they've ever done you know right. and 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 then the the booking afterwards like you said the bringing in all the ex wwe talent i was so fucking pissed when i saw the goddamn nasty boys show up i'm like dude what, right. what what the hell you know i was i had watched this since the beginning you know, i was bound the first bound for glory in chicago it was great it was a great time you you felt this buzz and when they initially announced hogan now no one knew what was going to happen, but you were just like, holy shit. Well, if the Babe Ruth of wrestling is going to go there, maybe something could happen again, you know, but all they did was try to, you know, copy and paste some WCW shit. And then you had guys that just didn't belong. You know, uh, like I said, that the nasty boys should have never showed up there. I mean, you're trying to get, the goal is to get casual wrestling fans. Exactly. The the goal, like the, the hardcore wrestling fans already know about, like there's nobody that, is really in love with wrestling that doesn't know who or what is going on with AEW. So if the goal is getting, uh, and this kind of, I'll tie this to our product. So if the goal is getting casual wrestling fans, okay, King Corbin, listen, not my favorite at all, but the dude's like, the dude's six, five or six, six or whatever. And he's built, what have you, you look at the guys in WWE's roster and uh, you have, with the exception of your Daniel Bryan's, you have your, a lot of guys that are like, they have a look to them, 
So if you're a dad watching wrestling with your 12-year-old son and you flip by AEW and you see – and personally, I love Orange Cassidy. I love Darby Allen. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you're just a regular Joe Schmo dad with his kid and you flip by, Darby Allen looks like a kid with half of his Halloween makeup on. I'm not trying to shit. On, like I say, I love him. I think he's great. Like I yeah. love it. But I'm just saying like as a casual dad, John Cena, rock guy, he sees that. And it looks Bush League. Yeah, it looks like college radio. You know, <laughs> you, see, you see Orange Cassidy. And if you're not a wrestling fan, you don't get it. Right. I love it. But again, dad working the nine to five job with his son, just want to watch John Cena do his uh, whatever bump knuckle jump or whatever he did. No, like, like, right. And all that, they want the, you can't see me and the stuff like that. They see orange Cassidy and it's literally a guy in jeans with his hands in his pockets. They don't get it. It's a, it's a, it takes so much time for these things to develop. And, you know, and if you're used to as a casual fan watching the, glitz and glam and the pyrotechnics of wwe kind of coming down in scale at all seems like a total letdown to the average person yeah. so how do they how do they get that crowd that becomes the the issue and i hope they do i want them to yeah so. and especially in this time though of you know it's it, it couldn't have come at a worse time right. <laughs> any, any time is not a good time for this shit but uh man they just started off you know and and before this happened, I think they're, you know, dynamite had been since the beginning of 2020, like firing on all cylinders, you yeah. know, um, the storytelling, everything with, you know, they're listening to the fans. It's great. But it's like you said, um, to develop stars like that, that have that uh, brand awareness, like you, you think of WWE and you think of Hulk Hogan or, you know, King Kong Bundy or, you know, Daniel Bryan, any of those guys, um, AEW has got to have that. I don't know. I'm a realist. Like, I feel like a lot of times people don't look outside of the products that, you know, or the things they like, you know, and I'm, and to me, I can look outside of wrestling and I can say, okay, well, why isn't this appealing or what is it? And I, I know why I listen, I know why I love like the dead Kennedys, but I also know why people hate the dead Kennedys. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know know what I'm saying? Well, it's like, yeah. people be like, well, how can you not like this? It's like, cause I don't like it, you know, yeah. or whatever it would be. And I think it's, it's hard for people to accept if people don't like something that they are really passionate about. So Trust me, man, I, I play grind course. So it's, there's a lot of people that don't like my shit, right, <laughs> you know, right. whatever. And I also like Frank Zappa and a lot of people don't like that shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, and that's, and I think that's what wrestling really comes down to a lot of times yeah. is like being able to look outside of wrestling and say, well, you know what? I can understand why this isn't taking off or why this isn't, you know, it isn't where it needs to be. And the other one, and I'll make one more point again, I'm not trying to shit on AEW here, but people be like, dude, their pay-per-views are selling. Like they sell out and all that. Well, right. Because they're not doing pay-per-views every month, like WWE. And then they're like, Oh my God. And people are coming from all over to go. And I go, yes, because they're making them events. They have all that star cast shit that happens all the weekend around them. If they were just doing a straight up pay-per-view in a city without doing star cast, without doing all of like the fanfare around it, they wouldn't be, the pay-per-views wouldn't be drawing as well. Mm. Does that, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's just oh, like, get it. you know, there's, that's why, that's why it's like a SummerSlam. Like that's why they do SummerSlam or, um, the big four. Rain, yeah, yeah. they have like a whole week built around it in whatever city they're in. And yeah. That's, you know, that's where it is. 
but it's like, but you can't, if you're not going to market it out for people that aren't familiar with the product, if everything's going to be inside baseball, then you're not going to have, you're not going to grow as a product. Right. And, you know, they're bringing in some of those guys and with all the, the amount of uh, talent cuts that WWE just made, you know, um, you guys out there listening, go back to episode 103. We talked about that and kind of speculated where some of these guys, girls might end up um, just as it's, it's much like you're saying though, Jay, as long as it doesn't get to be like a TNA where they're just bringing them in for the sake of, Oh, they were WWE. We got to grab them in. No, grab the guys that count a John Moxley fucking counts. Exactly. Yeah. Chris Jericho counts, you know? Um, And not that everybody shouldn't get a shake. Right. I mean, but what's the, uh, the old expression, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. (laughs) Yeah. You can't bring in you. You can't bring in guys that, uh, and unfortunately, might have been mid carded or kind of jobbed out, um, and then ex- be like, and here they are. You know, like this is a uh, like, like you're supposed to care about them. I, I'm forgot. Uh, like it's Sean Spears, I think it is, in uh, yeah. uh, the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger. Like that's like one of those like it just didn't go over that great on the main roster. But like, and he he's a great worker. He's a good dude. But it's like. But you can't just be like, and look at how awesome he is here because it to a regular fan or an average fan or whatever, a passing by fan, they don't, they see him like, oh, I remember that guy kind of did something and then they got rid of him, you know? But I'm super high on Zack Ryder. So I hope he goes AEW. That's my, I love Zack Ryder. Zack and Cody, man. Sweet life. I know. Wait, was that you that put that up? No, I didn't. No, no, you, but someone had that where they said the, the sweet life of Zach and Cody should be their tag team. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like, see that. But I, I was instantly when he got released, I it kind of crossed my mind. It, you know. Um yeah, it, yeah it, well, AEW two is uh, they need they need more programming. You can't you right. can't survive on just one two hour show, especially if you're gonna be bringing in a bunch of talent, you know. Um, they're going to need more programming. I know they've talked about they're going to be doing that going forward. Um, so only time will tell with them. Um, right. But speaking of getting programming and content and everything, Jay, where can people find Mondo Lucha? Can people, you know, are you guys available on a streaming service, uh, DVDs? Um, you know what? I would say right now the best bet is look us up on Facebook and uh, get into our like on our Facebook page because we're going to be releasing a lot of free content since we're all stuck indoors. Um, we just last week released the, uh, King of the Mondalucha jungle match where it was space yeah. monkey versus Serpentico versus thunder frog versus airwolf. Um, I believe the next one is a four way for the woman's title match where it was Shotzi Blackheart, Melanie Cruz. Um, why am I forgetting who else was? And, um, God, there was someone else and I can't remember, but that's, uh, so that match is going to be coming out. Uh, we'll be releasing the Isaiah Velasquez versus uh, John Morrison match. Um, we have, I think we're releasing was uh, Matt Cross versus Gringo Locos coming out. Uh, but we're going to be punching a lot of those out for free on uh, through Facebook. Um, going to be doing watch along parties. We're going to also be releasing a lot of our old content, uh, our production stuff that we've done. We're going to be releasing that through Facebook as well uh, for people to have the opportunity to, uh, just watch and, you know, and just kind of find some things that help us pass the time during this pandemic. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so well, crazy. And, and you guys also, I mean, you have a YouTube channel as well. So yeah, tons of stuff on the YouTube channel. Um, and now it's just, it's, uh, we're, 
Um, we had TV lined up in Milwaukee, but then kind of pulled the plug on the TV a little bit with all this going down without any events to promote. There's no point for us to do TV right now. Um, but, uh, that somewhere we're thinking about that down the, the road, um, and then we're just crossing our fingers and seeing what happens happens because we wanna we're hoping that we can get a, a like one of our big shows in before the end of the year. We have we have a date and we haven't announced it because who, I mean with the way this thing is sliding back and back and back and who knows it's like we don't want to announce anything. We're clearly not putting tickets on sale anytime soon. Um, but you know we're just kind of crossing our fingers and hope that we'll be able to get something out there uh, this year. So. Um, the good, the good news for us is because we're this, we have, we have the ability to do that one-off show when bands are touring. So bands are canceling their tours and then scheduling the entire tours for like next year or like way later in the year. Mm. Um, bands aren't just canceling single dates. They're completely wiping out their tours. So the second that they start opening up, uh, the government says, Hey, you know, this meant this can do this or this many people can go in a venue, whatever. We have the ability to be like, oh, we can fill a date, you know. So if it's like if they're like, hey, a month from now, we're going to open everything up again, wishful thinking, we can say, well, that's cool. If they're going to go with it and things are playing out right, we could totally do a show and like change the date for our show. So we're pretty fluid, whereas other you know touring acts can't do that. So which is great. So we're kind of playing it by ear for that, but I'm super freaked out. I have panic attacks about catching this virus. And <laughs> so, uh, so when you see me next time, I'll be wearing a bubble. I'll be just like in a giant bubble. <laughs> like Jake Gyllenhaal. Wasn't he the bubble boy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking about that. So I'm like, I could, I could totally get into that and just be in a bubble. So, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I feel you on that. I, I tried to, I just had a child. I had another son a couple of weeks ago now and I've, I've still been working, you know, um, right. so it's, it, it's a scary deal, man. And a lot of people don't take the shit seriously. So, uh, that's for them, you know, I mean, right. <laughs> uh, right on. but, uh, yeah, everybody, Jay, I like to thank you for coming on the show, brother. We got to no, have you on again. Um, when you guys do set something up and everything is ready to go, Shredden and the juice will be there for sure, dude. Yeah. You guys, we'll get, I'll tell you what, you guys on the house, you guys can come up for sure. Oh man, we're not worthy. We're not, not worthy. Listen, but listen, I'm not gonna get a hotel room. You guys got to drive back yourself. God damn it! We <laughs> might find out. <laughs> we might find out where you live and come snuggle with you. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. My wife would be very happy about that. Yeah, right. So they get the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> um, everybody, please check out Mondo Lucha at mondolucha.com. Find them on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, great group of guys jay you have an excellent excellent product that really needs more eyes and ears on it um i can't say enough good shit about it and hopefully we'll be able to check it out soon and until next time everybody juice pro wrestling is available on every podcasting platform every wednesday hit us up like subscribe all that good shit leave a fucking rating and review if you will until next time we gotta wet them up wet them up wet them up Oh my god, I'm so wet. For Madu Lucha! You gonna do sex to me? As things change, other things stay the same. 
like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs. From small tickets to big tickets. From bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories. But it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly.